0: Thank you for tuning in to the Eastern star church podcast where Jesus is exalted. And the word is explained. Please remember to like rate and share this podcast to be an encouragement to someone else. This week, pastor Jeffrey A. Johnson senior walks us through acts chapter two to explain why we must be willing to go through a spiritual reset. We hope that you are blessed by this message. It was a few weeks ago that I received a phone call from my number two son, Jordan. And he called while I was on sabbatical and he said, Dad, are you okay? I said, man, I'm, I'm great. I'm doing better than I've ever done. I'm doing wonderful. I said, why are you asking? He said, because you keep calling me and when I answer, you don't say anything. I said, son, that's not me. I'm not calling you. I don't even have my phone. It's on the counter. I'm not even carrying my phone. He said, no, Dad, this is your phone that keeps calling me and I answered, you don't say anything. So I thought something was wrong with you. I said, no, something's wrong with my phone. I said, I've been having issues with this thing. This thing will make calls I didn't intend to make. It was going to sites I didn't want to go to. It was functioning in a way I didn't even know it could function. I said, something is wrong with my phone. Then Jordan told me this. He said, Dad, just turn it off and then turn it back on. He said, just, just power it down, turn it all the way off and then turn it back on. He was trying to help me to understand that my phone needed a restart because it's making calls it should not make and going to sites I didn't intend for it to go to and doing things I didn't even know it could do because it needed a restart. And I believe that that's what some of us need. That emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, if we'll be honest, we're not where we used to be with God some of us are making calls, we know we ain't got no business making. Going to sites, both virtually and actually, that we shouldn't go to. Doing things that we said we'd never do and doing them anyway, because we need a restart. And so I feel led of God's Holy Spirit to spend not just today, but for the rest of this year as a theme and as a series of messages dealing with a spiritual reset. And I want to look at this spiritual reset against the backdrop of Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And there's a word from the Lord in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, and I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Listen to what God's Word says in verse 1 of Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. A spiritual reset. Because those of us who are black living in America, we have not just been dealing with a a pandemic. We've been dealing with a sendemic. We have simultaneously had so much coming against us at one time. Yes, the pandemic, yes, COVID-19, but we're in a sendemic. We've been dealing with with social injustice and racism and police brutality, and we've been dealing with political corruption and religious corruption, evictions and repossessions, trying to figure out this, this educational desert for many of our children, this food desert, it has, it's been a syndemic for us. And if the truth be told, some of us are just not where we used to be with God. We don't pray the way we used to pray. We don't even try fasting anymore. We spend very little or no time in scripture. We've forgotten what meditation is all about. We haven't served God in two years. And I believe we've allowed all of this syndemic and pandemic to affect us in such a way that our faith has begun to waver. And the Lord told me to tell you that not only do you need a restart, you need a reset. There's a difference between a restart and a, a restart, as my son told me, is just to power down, turn it off, turn it back, turn it back on. That's what we did last year with the Sabbath, taking a day to have a restart every week to handle what's happening in the world. But this year it's a reset. A reset is when you get your smart device to go back to the original factory setting that the one that created it, when you first received it, had an original factory setting and then some of us just jacked it up along the way and that's, that's what happened with us with God. God has given us an, an original spiritual factory setting and for whatever reason, we've lost what we used to have with God. And so God said, we need to get this reset together. Well, what does this reset look like? By now, those who've been a part of Eastern Star Church, you know that in in terms of interpreting scripture, one of the principles I use is the law of primary reference or the law of first mention. That if you wanna know how something is supposed to be done, you go back to the first time God shows it to us in scripture and that is God's design for it. So we're the body of Christ, we are the church. And the first mention of the birth of the church is in Acts chapter two. And the church at its birth is the church at its best. So if you and I are gonna get back to where we need to be with God, if we're gonna have this spiritual reset, then we need to get back to the original spiritual factory setting for the church. And what is that for us? A spiritual reset, we have to embrace unity. It says that they came together. King James Version says they were with one accord. There was concord, there wasn't this division among them, there was unity with them. So if we're going to get back to where we're supposed to be with God, it's not just me individually, it's not just me personally, it's those of us as the body of Christ having unity. And I'm not talking about uniformity. There's a difference between uniformity and unity. Uniformity is when everybody has on the same uniform. So all the choir members got on the same uniform, the greeters are wearing the same shirts, That the deacons got on the same black, the sisters got on the same white, the choir got on the same robe. That's uniformity. I'm not t- you can have uniformity and not have unity. You can have on the same choir robe everybody else got on and won't say good morning to the person you're singing next to. Jesus wants us to have unity. We talk about, we talk about the Lord's Prayer, and when we say the Lord's Prayer... Uh, We we mentioned Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven. And you can keep calling it the Lord's Prayer, but that really wasn't the Lord. He wasn't praying, he was teaching his disciples how to pray. And, And they went to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Well, when you pray, and he started teaching, say, our Father who art in heaven. If you want the Lord's Prayer, go to John chapter 17. And in that prayer, he said, Father, I pray that they might be one. It is about unity. We have been so influenced by this European philosophy. I know we've been in America for so long, we've allowed Europeans to reshape our thinking. And so we, we have this individualistic mentality, this, this personal aspect to life. Uh, the European philosopher, Descartes, said, I think, therefore I am it is it is proof of my ontological being. I know that my being is real because I think, therefore I am. It's all individualistic. It's all personal. Y'all, we're of African descent. We're tribal. We're communal. For us, it's not just about the individual. It's about community. When, when Lady Sharon and I first went over to, to South Africa, when we entered into the hotel, there was a piece of artwork. There was a piece of artwork, a word was framed, Ubuntu. And Ubuntu means I am because we are. Who I am is tied in to who we are. I can't ignore you and my being be straight because we are tribal, we are communal, we, uh, we, we, we believe in community, and that's why the Apostle Paul refers to the church as the body of Christ. And so if we're going to have this reset, it's when we come together, it's when we unite. Jesus went to hell hell and back and started giving out spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4. The same one who descended into the lower parts of the earth, then he ascended above the heaven, lower parts of the earth. Jesus went to hell and back, and then it said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors teach he would to hell him back and start giving out spiritual gifts. When you keep reading, it says, for the edifying and the building up of the body of Christ. My reset is not just going to come because I get off on a sabbatical with me and God. It's going to come when I get around the saints of God and you start operating in your spiritual gift and I start operating in my spiritual gift and we begin to edify and build up one another to have the unity that God has intended for us to have. Okay, y'all not saying amen to this. Uh, In in 1938, this writer came up with a series of writings that ended up in the newspaper. It was called The Addams Family. And then it turned into a TV program in the 60s. I used to watch the reruns in the 70s. Then they started doing movies and everything else with the Addams. Y'all remember The Addams Family? Adam and Morticia, uh, Wednesday, Pugsy, Uncle Fester. Y'all don't remember them? Uh, grandmama and so all these all these people that's the Adams family. And and they were very strange family. They were very, very unique. I mean, they were creepy and they kooky. They were mysterious and spooky. They were all together ooky, the Adams family. Their house was a museum, and when you came to see them, they really were a scream, the Adams family. And another part of the family was called the Fing. And the Fing was a detached hand. And a hand would run across the table, run across the floor. It would console Adam. It was, a detached, it was a hand that was not attached to a body. That's how some of us sound when we talk about being a Christian, detached from the rest of the body of Christ. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be connected to them. No, that's too spooky and ooky. Y'all, you can't be a detached part of the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul says, many members, but one body. You don't see a detached leg walking down East 30th Street in Indianapolis by itself. It's gotta be attached to the body. If you did see that, it ain't gonna last long because it's gotta be connected to the body to survive. And some of us, the reason why we're not where we used to be with God is because of this detachment from the church this disconnect from the people of God. And now you can't survive, because I need you and you need me. We're all a part of God's family. It is his will that every need be provided. You are important to me. I need you to survive. It's about us coming together, it's about us working together and having the unity that we need to have to accomplish God's purpose in this. If we're going to have the reset, you have to embrace unity. If we're going to have the reset, we have, we have to embrace the power of God's Holy Spirit. There will be no spiritual restart, no spiritual reconnect, no spiritual reset without God's Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, you can't even be a Christian without God's Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul was writing to the believers at Rome, and he was telling them if you don't have the Spirit of God, then you're none of His. The only way to even become a Christian is to have God's Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Spirit, he, he convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Watch what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus said he convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's the, it's the power of God's Holy Spirit that even reveals our sin, the fact that we are missing the mark. Then he reveals... That we need this right relationship with God. That's right, he convicts of right. Then he helps us to understand that there's going to be accountability, there's going to be a judgment. Everything we, we think, everything we say, everything we do, we're going to be held accountable for that. It is God's Holy Spirit that convicts us to put us in a position to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And some people are trying to be Christian without God's Holy Spirit. You cannot do that. There is no Christianity without God's Holy Spirit. The moment you believe Jesus died on the cross, God raised him from the dead, that's the faith that gets you in right relationship with God. It says they were all filled with the Spirit. You have to have God's Holy Spirit, and we have to operate within that Spirit. And and I I, I know some of us are into social justice. I know I'm into social justice. I've been, for years, I was with the Indianapolis, on the board of Indianapolis Urban League. For years, I've been on the board of United Negro College Fund. For years, I, more than a decade, I've been with National Action Network, Reverend Al Sharp. and what we do with the Rock Initiative—that is social justice. We're dealing with housing, we're dealing with food insecurity, we're dealing with education—all the things that is so, that is social justice. But we can't do it without the power of God's Holy Spirit. We have to do it under that anointing. We have to do it under that influence as we submit to the power of God. There is no Christianity without the Holy Spirit. I know that there is this theology about universalism. There are those that believe God loves everybody, and because God loves everybody, everybody's going to heaven. That's universalism. Y'all, everybody talking about heaven. Ain't going. Paul said, without the spirit, you are none of his. You have to accept Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit into your life. They were all influenced by God's Holy Spirit in this passage of Scripture. Uh, there's this, this, I call him a new boxer, he's 24 years old. Edgar Berlinga. If you haven't heard of Edgar Berlinga, you're going to. He's a super middleweight, and when I tell you this man can box, he's had 18 professional fights. He's a, he's a newcomer, 18 professional fights. In his first 16 fights, He won with knockouts in the first round. He's knocking out grown men who get paid to fight in the first round. Bernard Hopkins, the former champion, was the analyst for one of his fights, and Bernard Hopkins said about Berlinga, he said, the kind of power he has, he said, everybody ain't got that kind of power. He said, that's a God-given power. That's what I'm trying to tell you about Christianity and the Holy Spirit. It's not universalism. Everybody ain't got that kind of power. It's a God-given power. And that power is not given until you believe Jesus died on the cross and God raised him from the dead. And what ends up happening is once you believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, we've been We've been baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Baptizo, it means to submerge and emerge. Once you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, what the power of God's Holy Spirit does submerges you, emerges you into the body of Christ. Now you are in Christ. No wonder the Apostle Paul said, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we're baptized by God's Holy Spirit. But not only are we baptized by God's Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul is still writing to the believers at Corinth in, in chapter 6, verse 19. He says, don't you know that your body is the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Because they were doing some things with their body they shouldn't have been doing with them. And Paul said... You don't know what your body's all about. Your body is a temple of God. God's Holy Spirit lives inside of you, which means with baptism, the Holy Spirit places you in Jesus. With the indwelling of the Spirit, that is the, that's Jesus getting in you. So now you're in Jesus, and Jesus is in you, and that's the only way to have real life. It's like a fish. A fish is in the water, and the water's in the fish. That's the only way the fish can really live. It's like the bird. The bird is in the air and the air is in the bird. That's the only way the bird can live. And the only way we can live this Christian life is if we're in Jesus and in the power of his Holy Spirit, Jesus is in us. So we're baptized by the Spirit, we're indwelled by the Spirit, and we need to be filled with the Spirit. Here, here it is, in, in Acts chapter 2, it says, all 120 of them were filled with the Spirit. And it wasn't just the apostles that got filled with the Spirit. And it wasn't just the deacons, the deacons that got filled with the Spirit. All the believers got filled with the Spirit. Some of us believe in the filling of the Spirit, but we think that's for the leaders. That's for the pastors. Or, yeah, we need to be filled with the Spirit, but that's for those who are serving today. So if I'm on to sing, or if I'm on to be the worship leader, or I'm on to teach, I'm on to preach, I'm one of the greeters, then, yeah, I need to be filled. No, y'all, all all 120 of them were filled. The Apostle Peter, he was the only one filled that day to preach. The other 119 were filled that day to hear preaching. Because sometimes when y'all saying, I'm missing it, it ain't me. Now, sometimes it is me, because nobody's always at their best. But sometimes it ain't me, and you ain't filled. Because some of us have been making calls we ought not make, and been going to sites we shouldn't go to, and doing things we said we never do, and then coming here talking tell my pastor, didn't do too good today. No, you the one that didn't come in filled. We need to be filled with God's holy. I'm trying to get you that spiritual reset. Many of us know we are not where we used to be with God we're not the kind of Christian that we promised God we would be and we live like that at some point something went awry something went wrong but when you start getting filled with God's Holy Spirit when you start, y'all, when you get filled with the Spirit it doesn't mean you get more of the Holy Spirit because some of us are praying God please give me more of the Holy Spirit give me more of the Holy Spirit no y'all, the Holy Spirit don't come to you in pieces he's a person and the person, the, the for person of, of God, that spirit comes inside of you the moment you believe. You don't get more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets more of you when you're filled. Yeah. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, says King James verse: don't get drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. This is the Apostle Paul giving us an illustration about what it means to be filled with the spirit so he starts with what most of us can identify with don't get drunk on alcohol y'all ain't saying amen (laughs) then he takes us to what most of us don't understand being filled with the spirit so it's an illustration he said if you can understand getting drunk on alcohol getting influenced by alcohol if you can understand being controlled by alcohol now you can understand what it means to be filled to be drunk, to be controlled by God's Holy Spirit. Okay, y'all gonna act like y'all don't know what it's like. I'll testify. I know what it's like <laughs> to be drunk on alcohol, to be influenced and controlled by alcohol. When somebody is influenced by alcohol, they'll go places they wouldn't go if they were not drunk. They'll, they'll, they'll say things they wouldn't say. If they were not influenced by the alcohol, then they'll fight, folk. They wouldn't fight <laughs> if they were not influenced by the alcohol. So Paul says, because well, here's what the alcohol does. <laughs> the, uh, y'all say, he's an expert. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the alcohol deadens your higher nature. Then you're controlled by your lower nature. That's why you go in places you wouldn't normally go and you're saying things you wouldn't normally say. You're fighting people you wouldn't normally fight because your higher nature has been deadened by alcohol. Now you're controlled by your lower nature. Well, when you're filled with the Spirit, when you're drunk in the Spirit, when you are controlled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit deadens your lower nature. Then you start being controlled by your higher nature. And people who are filled with the Spirit, y'all, when they're influenced by the Spirit, they'll go places the Lord told them to go that they wouldn't go had they not been filled and they'll say things in the name of Jesus they wouldn't have been saying had they not been filled and matter of fact they'll fight in ways they wouldn't have fought before for justice and righteousness and peace that they wouldn't have fought before had it not been for being filled with the Spirit he says we have to be filled with God's Holy Spirit so now I'm baptized by the Spirit he places me in the body of Christ I'm indwelled. He's moved into my life. I'm filled. I'm under the influence of God's Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4 and 30 says, do not grieve God by whose spirit you have been sealed until the day of redemption. I love this. Once the Holy Spirit moves in your life, you don't have to worry about him moving out. Ephesians 4 and 30 says, because he seals you until the day of redemption. People ask me, Jeffrey Johnson, do you believe in in eternal security of believers? Yeah, and I believe in insecurity of unbelievers. Do you think, the question is, do you believe that you can lose your salvation? That's the question. I don't believe I can lose my salvation because I ain't the one keeping it. I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, and y'all ain't got to look at me like that because if you and I were the ones keeping our salvation, we would have lost it a long time ago. And the only reason we're in a position to have a spiritual reset is because his Holy Spirit never left us. He sealed us to the day of redemption. We got to get back to the, I do not spend too much time there, but I, I got to say something about fire and wind. That when the Holy Spirit showed up, we're going back to the original spiritual factory setting. And when the Holy Spirit showed up, There were cloven tongues of fire. There were separate flames of fire that set upon each person. Everybody in there was on fire by God's Holy Spirit because fire represents the presence of God. When you and I are serving God, whether it's in the church or the community, we have to do it with the fire of God. You need the the, 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 the presence of the Holy Spirit. When Moses led the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt and they came across that Red Sea, and he took them to the promised land. They were led with a pillar of cloud by day, but they were led with a pillar of fire by night. We need the fire of God's Holy Spirit that represents the presence of God. When Elijah was going up against 450 prophets of Baal and he had to reconstruct that altar, and he began to pray, and when he prayed, there was fire that fell from heaven, and he was able to get the victory because fire represents the presence of God. When John the Baptist showed up, John the Baptist was so awesome until folk thought he was the Messiah. He said, I'm not the Messiah. I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He said, no, he said, y'all, there's one greater than me that's coming after me, and I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. He's talking about Jesus, and he said that Jesus is going to baptize. He said, I baptize you with water, but Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. It's the fire of God's Holy Spirit. You and I need to have this reset. But it wasn't just fire, it was wind. New Living Translation said it was like a wind storm that came through there. And the wind is so important because the wind, again, represents the Spirit of God. In, uh, in, in, in Genesis chapter 2, when God went to create humanity and he took some dust and he shaped it and formed it, And then God breathed into Adam the breath of life. The ruach is translated breath in the King James Version. It could be translated uh, wind or spirit. So what God did, he breathed into Adam the ruach, the wind, the spirit of God, and Adam became a living soul. Adam didn't start living until the Holy Spirit got into the spirit of God got inside of him. You and I really don't know what real life is all about until we allow God to breathe his wind, his breath, his... Okay, y'all didn't get it with... Okay, I'll go New Testament on you. Jesus came across Nicodemus and said, you must be born again. And, and Jesus, he, he said, you got, and he's telling Nicodemus, you got to have this fundamental, radical change in your life. You need a change that is so drastic that even when Jesus goes to describe it, he describes it as new birth. And then Nicodemus said, how how can somebody who's old enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? I thought Nicodemus was missing out on what Jesus was saying. Here is Jesus on a spiritual frequency. And I thought Nicodemus was on a physical frequency. Jesus is talking about spiritually being born again. Nicodemus talking about getting in his mother's womb, being born again. The physical. And it dawned on me, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, no, Nicodemus didn't miss what Jesus was saying. He understood exactly what he was saying. What Nicodemus was saying is, how can somebody who's old change? How can somebody whose sins have been cemented by time change? I don't know why y'all not getting this. He's asking Jesus... How can somebody who has sinned for so long have a fundamental radical transformation in his life to having a new birth? And Jesus said it can only happen by the water and the spirit. Jesus said that which is born of humanity is humanity, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He said you must be born again, and then Jesus did this. Jesus had a play on words. Y'all, Jesus is using the word pneuma in the Greek. He's using the word pneuma. And he says that when the pneuma blows, when the wind blows, you hear the sound of it. But you don't know where the pneuma, the wind, came from, and you don't know where the pneuma, where the wind is going. Then he said, so is everyone born of the pneuma. This time it's translated spirit. You hear but you don't know where it comes from, where it's going Pneuma can be translated wind or spirit because, y'all, wind represents Holy Spirit in this sense. Wind is an unseen reality. You can't see it, but you know it's real. How do you know it's real? Because I can hear the wind. I can't see it, but I can feel the wind. I can't see it, but I can see the effects of the wind. That's how Because people say, well, I don't believe in God because I can't see God. I don't believe in the Holy Spirit because I can't see the Holy Spirit. You can't see COVID-19 either. But you see the effects of COVID-19. No, I cannot see the Holy Spirit but I can hear the Holy Spirit. I can't see the Holy Spirit but I feel the Holy Spirit. I can't see the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit has made a change in my life. We we have got to get back to the power of God's Holy Spirit. In 2005, these modern-day pirates attacked a cruise ship about, they said it was about 100 miles outside of Somalia. So these modern-day pi- pirates attack these cruise ships over there because they're trying to take passengers hostage and then ransom them to the cruise company to pay money to so they'll release them. So they attacked this one particular cruise ship. And when that happened, what a lot of folks don't know about cruise ships, they have an extensive security system. And when they attack with those rifles, those guns, and those weapons, that extensive security system of the cruise ship kicked in. And they were able to overcome them. And then the captain was able to maneuver, because y'all know these cruise ships can operate very fast, too. So he was able to maneuver and make moves and get away from them. And so they were able to be safe despite the opposition they faced. The reason I wanted to bring that up from 2005, because I know it's happened since then, because I like the name of the cruise ship. The name of the cruise ship was The Spirit. And when there was an attack from opposition, the security system of The Spirit kicked in and helped them to overcome. Then the captain began to move in the spirit and he began to maneuver in the spirit in order to get them the victory and the safety. that I wish I had somebody that know when you have God's Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean you won't be under attack, but no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. We need the Holy Spirit. I didn't held y'all too long. Let me give you the last one and I'm done. We need this spiritual reset. Let's just be honest. Psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, some of us are just not where we used to be. But the very fact, you online and you on site. You, you're saying, I don't want to be like this anymore. I, I want to get myself together. Well, if that's going to happen, if we're going to have a spiritual reset, we got to start talking more about Jesus. I said, we got to start talking more about Jesus. I know we talk about everything else, and you talk about whatever you want to talk about, but we better get back to talking about Jesus. It says they were filled with the Spirit, and when they were filled with the Spirit, they began to talk about Jesus. Wait, in, in, I told you about Ephesians 5 and 18, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The very next verse says they started speaking. Because when you fill with the Spirit, you are start speaking about Jesus. All right, Acts chapter one, verse eight. You shall, Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Our witness is to Jesus. And a lot of us are talking about everything else and anything else and not talking about Jesus wondering why our stuff has been thrown off. We got to get back to the way our our grandparents were. Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noonday, and Jesus in the midnight hour. Y'all do know there's power in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's a way out in the name of Jesus. Yo, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father. We got to get back to speaking about Jesus. I'm going to say this and I'm going to try to shut it down. Because it said when they got filled with the Spirit, King James Version said, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The more modern translations help us, they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability to do that. It wasn't that they were speaking in an unknown tongue. I don't know why we get excited about speaking in something nobody understands us saying. Unless there's an interpreter there to help us with it, right? But then we don't want to speak in a language that folk can understand about Jesus. Here's what this text is talking about. It was a holiday. It was Pentecost. People were coming from all over the known world for religious reasons to get to that temple in Jerusalem. And when they got there, they came from so many different nations and places, different people. Let me show it to you in in verse 9, Acts chapter 2, in verse 9. It says they came from, they, they were the Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the providence of Asia, Phygeria, Pamphylia, and I want to keep reading because the Africans showed up. Y'all do know Egypt? It was in Africa then, it's still in Africa now, these are black folk. <laughs> Libya, Cyrene, those are black Africans. And I wanted to keep going to that point because there are those who suggest black people didn't really, in in America, didn't get exposed to Jesus until the 17th century uh, when slavery flourished. Y'all, no. Black people were there at the birth of the church when the Holy Spirit came and the wind blew and the fire was there and they began to speak in other languages so that the people, the Holy Spirit gave them the ability supernaturally so to speak in a language other folk could understand and when they began to speak in a language other folk could understand you know what they were talking about Jesus and I know some of us got issues with all this technology and all the social media and all the Instagram and the Facebook all the stuff we use you know why we're doing that because that's the language young people understand okay y'all ain't saying amen to this I know church folk we got our own language We got our own language. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. (laughs) Won't he do it? Ain't he all right? We got our own language. God is able. We got our own language. I'm I'm too blessed to be stressed. We got our own language. But y'all, everybody don't talk like that. And everybody doesn't communicate like that. So when we go to communicate with the world, we got to speak in a language that they understand. And when we speak that language, we got to talk about Jesus because Jesus is still in the saving business. Y'all, let's get back to honoring the name of Jesus. I got to close. I'll close right here Uh, because some of us, let's just be honest, we are not where we used to be. This, this two-year season of loss, and sickness, and disease, and pain, and social injustice has really messed us up. and But I'm trying to tell you, you can bounce back from that. You don't have to stay where you are. It was in, in Tokyo in the, in the Olympics. The 2020 Olympics were held in 2021 in Tokyo. Uh, Sifan Hassan, uh, she, uh, uh, she ran the 1,500 meters. And Siphon's from the Netherlands, she's Dutch. And she was one of the favorites to win or at least medal in the 1,500 meters. And and when she was in one of the heats, you got to come in a certain place in this heat to go to the next level and into the medal round. Well, while she was running 1,500 meters, she slipped and fell. She got tripped up by this young lady. She slipped, she fell, she's on her back. And those world-class runners just kept on going. All that time, energy, sacrifice, investment, all that she did, and now she fell. But instead of staying down, crying, because the race didn't go the way she thought, she got back up, caught those world-class runners, ended up winning that heat, went on to the medal round. She did medal, all because she understood just because you fall down don't mean you have to stay down. Even if you fall, you can still finish. Even if you fall, you can still get the victory. Y'all, I'm trying to tell you that when you fall, going in the direction of God, God will pick you up again. Now run the race with patience that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and stop tripping because you fell down. Y'all, a saint is nothing but A sinner that fell down and gather is there anybody here that fell down God raised you back up and you're still able to run your race thank you for listening to the Eastern Star Church podcast we pray that you were blessed by that message please remember to like rate and share this podcast with someone who is in need of a spiritual reset be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram subscribe to our YouTube channel and visit us on our website at easternstarchurch.org